Well, we have a special guest this morning. Rex is away at uh, FCA Leadership Camp hanging out with um, junior high and high school kids. And I was there on Thursday, and his voice was almost gone. And I got to say, he's pretty good at it. I know he's been doing it for like 20 years, but like he knows how to herd cats, let's just say. Um, This is Adam Tracy. He's with Children's Lantern. Uh, We, as a church, give away 10% of what what you guys give. And um, Children's Lantern is one of the places where we've decided that uh, God is moving. And uh, we're blessed to be able to help them And in the future. We hope to do more. So this is Adam. Make him feel welcome. Yeah. Thank you. You know, the truth is there's a lot of connotations between or by being a special guest. So I don't know how I feel about that. Um, But this is the first church where I've ever seen the worship leader hit on the sound lady in the middle of service. It's like, so the call to worship, how you doing? How you doing? Like, what the? I sat back there and chuckled to myself and thought, this is great ammunition. Great ammunition. Uh, yeah, so I'm Adam Tracy. I'm the director of Children's Lantern. Um, and you guys give to Children's Lantern as a church. And and uh, we are super appreciative. Um, and one of the cool things about it is uh, I haven't been here in a while so uh, some of you may know me, some of you may not. I've not been here since you guys have had uh, this building. And uh, what a beautiful building it is. Super exciting stuff. Uh, but I get to come in and talk talk with you guys a little bit. Um, and I'm going to bring a little bit of a message. And then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Children's Lantern at the end. And, and kind of tell you some of the things that are happening within Children's Lantern. Um, but just to give you an update about my family. And the reason I like to do this is because... My family um, has really given me a jumping off point of where we are. And I'll I'll use this a little bit uh, today in in what I'm talking about. But I have eight children. And most people, when they hear that I have eight children, they go, what? Eight children. Yes, it's true. Eight children. Six of them are adopted. Two of them are biological. None of them look like me. Not sure why. Um, Except for the one. The one is adopted. And he's full Mexican, and he looks exactly like me. It's the weirdest thing ever. But anyway, um, so yeah, we have eight children. Uh, We have uh, several disabilities within our home. Uh, Neurofibromatosis, ADD, ADHD, intellectual disabilities, um, and fetal alcohol syndrome are just to name a few of them that we're dealing with with our kids. Uh, My wife and I have been married for almost 20 years. Super exciting stuff, yeah. Yeah, most people who clap for that, most people are like, sorry. That's what they say to her, not me. Um, and it's true. We, we do have uh, lives that we lead together that are, are not necessarily easy lives, uh, but we've chosen this uh, because we felt like this is what God wanted us to do. And uh, so this brings me to my first question to you. How many in this room want to be a true follower of Christ? Raise your hand. You want to be a true follower of Christ? One, two, three, four. Four of you. First service, it was only three. So, I mean, you guys are really doing good. Really doing good. No, if you want to be a true follower of Christ, and this is what I'm going to talk about today, is being a true follower of Christ. And this is a big deal to me. Um, and a lot of times, people say, well, how do you know what you're going to talk about? And the truth is, I, I only talk about what God's been dealing with me on. 
And I'll talk to you about what God's been dealing with me on. And God says, do you want to be a true follower of Christ? A true follower of Christ. I'm a leader in pretty much every area of my life. Um, I lead Children's Lantern. I I run a few businesses. Um, I lead in the church. Uh, Everywhere I go, I, I would say I lead in the family, but that's only when she lets me. So I lead everywhere I go. And the best followers best followers. The best followers are those who have the vision of the leader and are working towards that vision. The best followers are the ones who have the vision of the leader and are going towards that vision. If we want to be true followers of Christ, are we going after the vision of our leader? The vision of our leader. All right? So here's my question to you. I, I swear I turned it on. I swear I did. First service this did this too. There it is. <laughs> anyway, so here's the question. Are you going after who you want to be or who God wants you to be? Are you going after who you want to be or who God wants you to be? There's a big difference. There's a big difference on who I want to be and who God wants me to be. There's a big difference. Um, as you know, I have a lot of kids. Three of those kids are teenagers. Two of them are seniors. One of them is a freshman in high school. Um, two of them are about to graduate. Thank God. Kick them. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We won't kick them out. Yes, we will. We will. No, they're great. Um, but and, and this is kids as a general statement. Um, And if you're a teenager in the room, I just want to apologize. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, teenagers. Okay? And even kids. But teenagers is dumb. They are dumb. And here's the thing. It's not because they're dumb. Because these kids know more than we ever knew at that age. They're smarter than anything. When it comes to, like, technology. My kids are showing me stuff that I have no idea what they're doing. I'm like, what is that? What is an emoji? You know, I found that out on the other day on my phone when I accidentally sent an emoji. Um, and the truth is, um, kids, are, kids are making decisions in their life. And my teenage boys, when, when they come home, and, and this is honestly the truth, and some of you parents will know this, they come home and they made a decision, and I say, what led you to this? Because if you look at it, that was the dumbest decision you could have possibly made. They'll stand by that. They'll stand by it. They'll say, no, 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 no. This was the right decision. This is the right decision. And I say, no, this was not the right decision. And here's the difference. And I want to bring this up because this is a lot of what we do in our Christian faith. They see and make decisions based on this parochial view. And which means this little tiny view of what their lives know. The wisdom that their lives know. They make this decision based on this. And as their parent, as a man that's trying to lead them, I can step back and see bigger. I can step back and see, okay, you didn't look at this part of the, 
of the decision. You didn't look at this. They look and make a decision based on their now, based on their what they know, based on their desires, their immediate desires. When we look and say, we know your potential. We know what you're capable of. We know what you can do. And you made a decision based on this instead of based on what we know is possible. We do the same exact thing as Christians, as believers, as true followers. We make a decision based on this in our lives, in the Christian life, as a follower of Christ. When we step back and we say, God says, I'm the leader. If you really get a hold of this vision, look at this. Look at what I have for you instead of just what you're seeing in front of you. You're seeing in front of you. So many times we do the same things as what kids do in this. We don't look at the big picture of what God has for each one of our lives. We don't look at that big picture. And that's kind of disturbing. And it takes us back to this question. Are you going after what you want to be or what God wants you to be? Because God has a vision for your life. And a vision for his picture that you fit in that creates success. That creates value. Now, a lot of times when it comes to my teenagers, I want to say to them, you know, you, you, and if you guys are parents at all or whatnot, there's so many times where I try to teach them the right way to go. I try and tell them the right way to go. But everybody has to make their choice, correct? Like I'm sitting there telling them till I'm blue in the face. Okay, this is the proper way to go. This is where you should, you should save money, not spend everything in your paycheck. You get a paycheck, okay? This is no joke. I'm going to tell on my one son. He got a paycheck because he works for me at, at, uh, at one of my businesses. He got a paycheck, $240, which is a pretty good sized paycheck for a senior in high school. He's like, yeah, this is awesome, $240. It was gone in two days. I said, what would you do with it? He says, well, I went out to eat. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Did you buy for everyone? You know, but here's the thing is when you look at that picture and his decision-making abilities, I've tried to show them to budget their money. I've tried to teach them to keep their money on the right path. That's just one area of his life. But he has to do something. He has to choose to trust me. He has to choose to trust me. He has to choose to do what I have set before him. I said, here, here's a path. You follow this path, and it's going to be successful. You don't follow this path, you're going to blow your paycheck in a week. Not even a week, a day. Lord God, help us all. He didn't trust what we had to say. He went on his own. But I want to bring up this scripture, because we have to do the same thing. We have to um, trust in the Lord. And this is a scripture that, that was huge for us. My mom drilled this scripture into us as we were kids. And even as we grew, she just drilled this into us. And I'm so thankful that she did. Because, you know, my wife and I have gone through several things in our lives that if we didn't trust in God, we wouldn't survive. We wouldn't have survived. 
We've been married for 20 years almost, um, but we've been through the gamut of things, things that are just hard, especially with all the disabilities, with all of the things that uh, come with foster care and adoptions. There's been some hard things. If we didn't trust in God, there is no surviving. Our marriage would have been in shambles. Our lives would have been in shambles. Our finances would have been in shambles. I mean, everything, boom, gone. We had to trust. We had to. But I really want you to look at this scripture. And I want to kind of break this down just a little bit. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Now, this is a big deal because when you look at our understanding, our understanding is very, very small. It's small potatoes. Our wisdom is not all-knowing. Our understanding is not all-knowing. And so when we look at it, we make decisions based on what we feel is right. But it says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding because we can't see the whole picture. We can't see the whole picture. But go on to the next scripture. It says, remember the Lord in all you do and he will give you success. Now, I want to bring up this success thing. A lot of us think that we know what success is, but I really want to um, kind of twist your thoughts on what success is because everybody has a different view of what success is. Everybody. Your view of success and my view of success are completely different. I'm sure of it. The worldly view of success would say, um, I have this car, I have this much money, I have a vacation home. These are the things that I have. This, this determines success. My business is, is running amazing. That's success. My children are living a great life. That's success. And, and all of those things are fine. All of those things are fine. But what are we living for? Are we really living for following Jesus? Because if we are, then that kind of success is only worth about 80 years of your life. 80 years, 90 if you're lucky, 100, I mean, it's very temporary, that kind of success, that kind of success. But if we're really going after what God wants and really going after what, you know, the following of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus, what is success? What is success? And Dave had mentioned it earlier. Success to me is to stand before God, and one day we're all going to, is to stand before God and him look at me and say, well done. Well done. Well done. I don't want to be that guy that stands before God and he goes, eh, eh. I'll give you a so-so. Like a so-so? That's not what I want. That's not what I want. If we're truly living to follow God and truly living for eternity, if we truly believe what the Bible says, and the Bible says, you know, that we are living for a life that's past us, living for eternity, if we are really doing that and saying this is success, is what God says is success, I don't want to get to the end. And God just is like, 
you did so-so. I want to get to the end. And he goes, you knocked it out of the park, buddy. You did it. You did it. You did it. This is what I want as a person, as a personal person. That's success. We got to get this other thing of success out of our heads. The physical, the, you know, listen, that stuff's not bad. I don't want to say it's bad. It's not. But that's not valuable. That's not it. That's not what we need to be striving for. What we need to be striving for is what God's called us to do. What God's called us to do. And he's called us to follow him. Don't depend on your own wisdom. Respect the Lord and refuse to do wrong. Respect the Lord and refuse to do wrong. How many of you have ever felt um, like you're just not good enough for this? You're just not good enough. You know, like we have value and we try and do all the right things. But man, lately, lately, you know, when my kids make this wrong choices, I take a lot of that on myself. Any of your parents ever do that? You just take it on yourself. You're like, God, if I was a better parent. Apparently, I'm just a horrible parent. Oh, my gosh. Or, or something fails in your business and you're like, oh, I failed. I failed. You ever felt like you're just not good enough? Well, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't know if you know this already. You're not. You're not good enough. You're not good enough, but it doesn't matter. God, God loves us anyway. God, he didn't call you to be good enough. He didn't call you to be perfect. He didn't call you to say, you know, you got to live the perfect life because it's not possible. What he called you to do is to follow him. To follow him. I've had several employees who have made big mistakes. And uh, I went to a conference once and it was the guy who I was listening to talk and we were in a small breakout session. And a guy who I was listening to talk, he was the head at one point of IBM Computers. IBM computers. And uh, he had an assistant who made a big, big mistake. And it cost the company $1.3 million. One mistake cost $1.3 million. And, of course, when you're talking about that much money, it's probably not that much money. you know. But she comes into his office and she goes, I understand that uh, I cost the company a lot of money. I'm going to pack up my my belongings and I'm, I'm just going to head out. He goes, I just spent $1.3 million teaching you how not to do it. You ain't leaving. You ain't leaving. And the truth is, it's that whole point of God's not asked us to be perfect. There are times we go in our life and we're going to screw up. We're going to screw up. You're going to mess up. You're not going to be everything and good at everything. But if we are going after the vision of what God has, you will see success. You will see success. You will see success. All right? The big thing that uh, I too want everybody to know is that when you're off the path, you're never too far gone. You're never too far gone. Um, I deal with a lot of a lot of characters who have been in prison, who are struggling, who have been so far gone that they think there's no way I'm getting back. There's no way God would accept me. There's no way I could get back to that point. You are never, ever too far gone. 
ever. You may think that you're not good enough, but you're, you're right, you're not good enough, but you're never too far gone. God will always love you. My one son just screwed up big time this week, and my other son, he screwed up big time. He made a huge mistake. And he was one of my adopted sons, and so he lived a life previous to us, um, and, and you know he struggles with some things. His thoughts were, and, and he even said it, he goes, I messed up big. I messed up so big, Dad. I said, you're right, you did. And his, this is honestly what he said. He goes, how can I look you guys in the eye? I said, you can look us in the eye because we love you. You screwed up. It ain't going to change the fact that I love you at all. It's never going to change that fact. And the truth is, what spoke to him the most was that there's unconditional love. But God feels that same way for you. You are never too far gone. Ever. He loves you so much. So much. But if you're going to go on to the right path, if you are going to get to the right place where God really wants and to, to really truly be a follower of Christ, there's a couple of points that we have to make. There's a couple of things that you have to know. The first thing is, There can be no excuses. There can be no excuses. All right? Our world is full of excuses. Full of them. You can come up with an excuse about anything. One of the things I told my son when he screwed up, I said, this is an opportunity for you to be a man. Being a man means you admit that you were wrong, and you don't make any excuses for yourself. We're going to fix the problem. No excuses. No excuses. You have been, you are where you are because of the choices that you made. The choices that you made, you're where you're at. No excuses. The next one is to be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Um, I told this in first service. My, uh, my wife, she really struggles with getting lost. And, and before there was GPS on everybody's phone, which is one of the best inventions ever in the history of mankind, she would just get lost. And she would call me. And now, you know, when we first got married, cell phones weren't really a big thing. You guys remember that, right? Like, nobody had cell phones then. Now, I see them second graders have cell phones. I'm like, geez, dude, how do you have a better cell phone than I do? You know, I'm like, flip. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But we just didn't have cell phones. Well, we got a cell phone, and she called me on my landline. <laughs> called me on the landline. Hello. She goes, Adam, I'm lost. And she would do this quite a bit. She goes, Adam, I'm lost. I need help getting to this point. I need help getting here. And what's my first statement to her? Well, well where are you? I don't know. <laughs> I can't help you. If I don't know where you're at, well, turn left. <laughs> Turn right. Are you there? No. (laughs) If I don't know where you're at, if you don't know where you're at, you are not going to be able to get to the point to where you need to be. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to say, this is where I'm at. This is what I need to improve on. This is what I need to fix. To be a true follower of Christ. This is it. This is the problem you got to be honest with yourself. You will never be able to get to where you need to go unless you know where you are at right now. 
know the landmarks, figure it out, and get to where you need to go. The last one is you've got to be willing to change directions. You could know where you're at. You can know where you're at. And you could actually admit where you're at. But unless you decide to turn, you're still going to be lost. You're still going to be lost. Sometimes you have to turn completely around and backtrack so that you can get to where you need to go. You are never too far gone to follow Christ, to be a true Christ follower. But you have to be willing to change direction and be honest with yourself to get to that point. To get to that point. Now here's the big thing, guys. God has called you by name for such a time as this. He's called you. He's called you. Now, he hasn't called you to be me, and he hasn't called me to be you, and he hasn't called you to be you and you to be you. He's called you by name for such a time as this. I don't know what he's called you to do. I don't know how he wants you to follow him, but I do know he has a vision for your life. He has a vision for the next amount of time that you have. He has that vision. You have to choose. You have to choose to follow that vision. Not have the view that you just normally have, just but to oh, broaden it and widen it and let God lead you. Let God lead you. Be a good follower. Go after his vision. Go after his vision in your life. Now, um, I get to talk to you about Children's Lantern. And... One of the things that I love to segue into this is because when you talk about vision, when you talk about doing what God's called you to do, God has called us to doing these things. And this is, this is and you'll see what Children's Lantern is all about and what, what we do. Um, but God may have called you to talk to your neighbor. God may have called you to talk to people at work, to work with people. The right, I don't know. God may have not called you to work in foster care or adoption. That's okay. God's got a picture for this. Do that. Don't do what Adam Tracy says. Oh, this is the right thing. Don't do what some other missionary says. Do this. Don't do that. Do what God says because he is your leader. He is your leader. Please, please understand that when we go into this. Do those things that God has called. But... Children's Lantern was was set to help helpless children. And um, we've been around for about almost seven years now, which is crazy to think that uh, we created this seven years ago. We have three core areas, community care, survivor care, and family care. Uh, We empower and support through education, mentoring, resource, and financial giving in the areas of human trafficking, adoption, foster care, and missions. Okay, so these are the the areas that we're going to talk about. Community care. Um, so this is a picture, and I love showing the pictures because these. Sorry, I'll put that back. So these are pictures of um, some things that we've gotten to do. This is a picture of the Peru kids that we work with um, down in Peru. And what we really do is set up children's lantern to be like the Acts 2 community, where it's Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth is where we want to do missions. Um, 
But these are a picture of the Peru kids that we work with. This is a picture of the 250 plus meals that we do during Christmas time. Now, we also do meals for families um, every week where kids, families, anyone who's struggling, they get a meal. And it's called the community canteen, but they get all this delivered right to their door. Um, And these are just people who are really struggling in our area. Uh, And so food kind of just gives them a little bit of extra help. So that's what we do in the community. Survivor care. This is a big one, guys. And this is one of our big cornerstones. Most people don't understand that human trafficking is a real thing, and it does happen in our communities. It's in your back door. Um, It's in your back door, whether you want to believe it or not. This is a huge deal. And we actually have several um, survivors that we work with here in Northwest Ohio one of the things that we do is provide emergency needs for survivors. Any of them that come to us, um, we'll give them emergency needs like uh, hygiene products, feminine products, clothing, uh, bedding. Uh, we have furniture sometimes if we get them into housing. The other thing that we help them with is housing, transitional housing. A lot of our females or, or even we've had a couple of males come to us. Um, they come to us and they have nothing. They're broken. They're hurt. We provide a place for them to stay, and then we help create a foundation for them. A lot of our people, our survivors that come to us have zero foundation in life, zero. I mean, we underestimate very much so the foundation that each one of us has in our life. We have a foundation that we can build our relationship with God, our relationship with others. We have a foundation. These people have no foundation to work with. And so what we are trying to do is get them into housing, transition them with a foundation that that we can send them out to and start living on their own. Start really living the life that they wanted to live the whole time. We've had uh, nine women uh, that we've been housing so far this year. Uh, We actually have two in housing, two more that we're working with that are going into housing that are coming out of housing. out of like addictions and different things like that, halfway houses that we have to get them into our housing program. Um, But it's a pretty big deal. Last year, I think we did 17 or is what we did in 2016 or 20. I can't remember off the top of my head. We've educated over 1,500 people in 2017 in Northwest Ohio. Um, and our goal for 2018 is 2,000 people that we want to educate. Not That's not Adam coming in and saying, hey, this is Children's Lantern. But people who actually go through trainings. We've gone into the schools and trained the schools, trained kids so that they know what to look for. We've trained um, teachers, um, police officers. Uh, you'd be surprised at how many people don't know what's happening really in our world. And trafficking, again... Um, in Northwest Ohio doesn't look like what it does in some of the big cities. What it looks like in Northwest Ohio is family members trafficking other family members. And a lot of times it's for drugs. It's for um, needs. If they're very poor, things like that. That's what trafficking, that's what happens a lot in this area. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen in other ways. Family care has a picture of me and my grandma she actually helps us with sewing a lot. We have a lot of ladies who gather with us and, and help sew the weighted blankets. We have a weighted blanket project where we've given away over 60 weighted blankets this year. 
uh, for kids in foster care, adoption, and survivors. Weighted blankets are like a hug to kids with trauma. They're great. Um, it's like a big old hug. And kids who deal with trauma, uh, they can't sleep. They can't. They deal with anxiety. They deal with issues that are beyond um, what our normal, our thought of normalcy is. Uh, and, and a weighted blanket really just soothes them. We have several weighted blankets for our kids uh, that live in our home, and they have to have them. Uh, when when we're dealing with some real struggles, they go know to go get their weighted blanket, and they put it on them. And you just see them go, oh, it's a huge deal. And we're not pumping them full of medication. So it's a big one. Um, but we've given them clothing, bedding, beds, um, and all sorts of other hygiene products, anything like that. We've provided for hundreds of kids of foster care. School supplies. We do a big school drive every year. The other one we do is adoption. We help with adoptions. Um, and we just help financially to partner with them to gain uh, access to more finances. Fi- adoption, Private adoption is very, very expensive. This is a picture of two of our families that are in the process right now. Actually, the top one, that is Teddy. He just came home. Teddy is from Ethiopia. Um, and I've actually, we have a, um, an agreement that he's going to marry one of my daughters. Um, I've asked for 15 goats. <laughs> but I will do less. I'm just saying, you guys need to lighten up a little bit. That was funny. It's all talking about, never mind. It's an old school thing. Um, this is the other family that's working on adoption at this point right now. We've helped 28 families with 30 kids. And these are forever homes. Forever homes. These are coming into a home and saying, um, we're going to teach them and work with them for the rest of their lives. Not just when they turn 18, but for the rest of their lives. And this is not an easy thing. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Adoption is huge. So um, 30, 30 kids who have, um, and working on more, who see a different life for the remainder of their lives. We've decided to not be a complacent group of people who say, how terrible, that's so sad, but to people who say, not on my watch. This is not happening on my watch. Again, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about late earlier when, it's, when we're talking about being a follower of Christ. If we're truly following what God says, we can't stand here complacent. We can't. We can't be those people who get locked up in, in the things that just don't matter in this life. We've got to move forward towards what God has for us. And we have to say, not on my watch. Because when God says, good job, man. Good job. That's success. Remember what we're striving for. Remember what we're moving for. That's success. We cannot allow this to happen in our world. Cannot. We cannot. These are some things that you can do right now. And this is for Children's Lantern, but you can do this for anything. Anything. Um, Go to God. Pray. Get smart. Know your world. Know what's happening in your world. Know what's happening in your world. I'm not going to lie. We all live in a bubble. Anybody agree with that? You live in a bubble. You do. Americans live in a bubble. We, we have no idea 
of what is really happening, you don't. Pop your bubble. Pop your own bubble and go find out what's happening. Because unless you know what's happening, you're not going to be able to change anything. You won't. Get social. Give generally. Give specifically. Be there. Um, become an advocate. Become a human billboard, which means um, let, let other people know. Let other people know what's happening. Become aware and then be passionate. Be passionate about what you do. Um, immediate needs for Children's Lantern. We always need financial support for our housing project. Right now, um, we do house people. We work... Or, um, Survivors, with we work with landlords in the area, and, and they give us um, really good deals on on the rent, and we work with them. Right now, we are doing our own housing. Um, we're working on redoing our own housing, which is really exciting stuff, but it's very expensive to get into. Um, but we have someone who has said, "Here are two apartments. If you can redo them, you guys can have them permanently for for rent for our your survivors." at no cost other than redoing them. So we're working on that, um, raising money and, and getting that done. I'm getting permits to, to work through that right now. Pajamas, underwear, and socks uh, for our whole house, for our kids in, uh, who are in foster care and adoption. And then finances and volunteers for the Weighted Blankets project. Those are things that we, we will always need. Um, Guys, you can't do everything in life. God has not called us to do everything. God has called you to do something for him, though. God's called you to do something for him. Let's follow him so that at the end of our lives, we see success. We see success. See God say, good job, man. Good job. Of course, you might not say man, just good woman. But good job. That's what is successful. That's what we see as success. I'm going to ask the band to come up, um, and then I'm going to pray. We're going to end it with a song, but um, I really want you to take this opportunity and search what success or what, what God's called you to do. Because, again, I say, guys, God has called you to something amazing. Something more than just what our view of this world is. Something more than just what our thoughts could be. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His view is greater than our view. It will always be bigger and better than what we have envisioned. Use that. Take that. Figure that out and follow him as a true follower of Christ. Let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Dearly Father, we just thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to serve you as an awesome God. We thank you so much for just being everything that we need in our lives. Lord, give us the vision that you have for our lives. Give us the, the thoughts that your thoughts are. Lord, we want to line our lives up in the path that you want us to go, not the path that we want to go. We want to be lined up to follow you in everything that we do. God, I just thank you so much for giving us an amazing opportunity to serve you. You're so worth it. In Jesus' name.
Amen.